Hold on. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to this space we call the Meaning Podcast, mm. where we talk about how people build meaning. Beth Hoffman Faith, welcome back. We missed you over the summer in this very meaning space mm. while you were on sabbatical. Thank you. And so great to have you back. It is really good to be back. It was a blessing to be away and a great privilege and gift. And I'm delighted to be back. And speaking of your sabbatical, mm -hmm. There's, there's a topic, a certain topic that, that you were interested in, in bringing into this space related to that event. Well, I, I had many learnings from my sabbatical. And for those, you know, who may not be aware of such gifts of time, in the realm of clergy, a sabbatical can be used for many things. It is a, it is a gift of grace, of time given by one's congregation to study, to travel, to endeavor something other than day-to-day -day parish ministry, and also to rest, since the root of sabbatical is Sabbath, and Sabbath is the word for rest. It is a time to rest. And I, what I discovered on my sabbatical is something I probably already knew, and that is that I don't rest well. Mm -hmm. I become rather restless mm -hmm. when I have space to rest. And that has nothing to do with sleeping. I'm a great sleeper, and I'm a really <laughs> good napper. But this is about just being rather than doing. Uh, and people rest in lots of ways you know, we have a contemplative group at Plymouth who continue to lift up for us practices that are rooted in rest, meditation, centering prayer, where the body is, is still and mm -hmm. not moving. And people rest maybe through reading or journaling or just being quiet or having unstructured time. Mm -hmm. which prior to my sabbatical is the thing I was talking about the most, looking forward to having just unstructured time. And that was a gift of my sabbatical. But when I had space to simply be in rest, I found myself just getting restless. Yeah. And not being able to really surrender to that rest. So I've been thinking about that a lot upon my return. And the way that Sabbath and rest could be more part of a church rhythm than it is, certainly more of a personal rhythm than it is. I made some sort of promises to myself upon my return that I would carry sabbatical with me and not necessarily return to the harried pace I was feeling before I left. And some weeks that have worked, that's worked better than others. Mm -hmm. But I'm very mindful now, much more so of my time and my schedule and being able to leave some spaces uh, in my day or in my week for that unstructured time and that call to rest. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me that 
that it would be a really difficult thing to surrender to. Mm. I mean, just given given the structure of most of our lives, I mean, both there is, man, there's so many facets of our culture that that just encourage, reinforce the need for action, for busyness, for achievement. Whether that's just a perception of of achievement or actual achievement mm. is debatable. Right. And, you know, these devices that we have in our pockets that just beep at us every every minute. And there's the, the, the kind of the sense of reward when those beeps occur. And there's, boy, there's just a lot yes. to keep us moving and on our toes, even in unstructured times. I would say that's true. And I think it may feel a little strange to approach this as um, you know, yet another practice. Mm-hmm. How do I practice having unstructured time? Where I love the word practice, and we use it in so many realms, particularly in church life. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that being a way, being able to turn off our phones, our devices, to settle ourselves into a cozy spot in our home or to take a walk but not have earphones in just mm-hmm. just to kind of be present to our surroundings one of the places that i was grateful to go on my sabbatical was to my family's lake home where i have spent just about every vacation i've had for the last 20 years and to just sit on the dock and watch and observe and let time sort of suspend and then let you know, let your, my thoughts, you know, flow, Um, whatever I might stream of consciousness be thinking, just allow the grace for that to happen. It's a good thing. I think it can lead us to discovery and certainly to refreshment and to renewal. And for many, it's a practice. Now, some of our listeners might be really good at Sabbath, and I'd, <laughs> I would love to hear from them because I, I obviously could use a few teachers in this regard. What was interesting to me is to come back then to Plymouth and to hear wonderful excitement about the, the happenings here. It was just a gift to come back and feel the energy, the post-rally Sunday energy, the new things that were happening, the new faces, the community that's developed, our, our wonderful midweek mingle that is just really taking off and providing excellent community, the ways that the racial justice initiative and the presence team are showing up. I I mean, we are a busy, active congregation. And it was wonderful to return to that. And at the same time, I entered into some great conversations about people wondering where, and they may not have articulated this exactly, but their questions to me sounded like, where is Sabbath in the midst of all this doing? Mm. People saying to me, you know, Plymouth offers so much to do, but where's the space to be? Mm -hmm. You know, what does that look like in worship, in times outside of worship, in small group gatherings, in fellowship, or how are we providing a space to Sabbath and rest? That is something I've been pondering.
And as you say that, even even the full meaning of what it, what Sabbath even means, rest even means, mm. I think can be more complicated than people might initially kind of kind of grasp. I mean, there's obviously a physical aspect of rest, but there's there's an emotional and spiritual sense of rest mm. that I think is particularly elusive in our world. Yes. Right? In in the presence of of all of these things pressing in, how how is a, a spiritual rest even how do you get to that? Right? That is a good question. And there needs to be a beginning somewhere mm-hmm. for for people who are looking for ways to be spiritually fed. And the the busyness of Plymouth and the many offerings we have is spiritual food for a lot of folk. For sure. But there are j- just as many others, I believe, that are looking for that sort of quieter way to to fill up, to yeah. be reminded that we are a beloved community, to be reminded that individually we are loved and cared for by this divine source and and how we do that and how that might prompt people to feel more centered in their spirituality is, I think, a really significant endeavor. Yeah. And for me, that does center around Sabbath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I, what I heard from, from what you just said, in part, was that there's, there's kind of a, a connection to something, a feeding from, from some spring of... Mm-hmm. of something. I also heard you talk about silence and, and stillness. And I wonder what you think about the the communal practice mm-hmm. of Sabbath. I mean, it almost seems like a countercultural idea to a certain extent. You know, when I think of Sabbath in a cultural sense, I kind of think of quiet. I think of, you know, going off by yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and having practices, but then if we if if we think about Sabbath as a refueling, a feeding of of a spiritual self, mm-hmm. that seems like something that happens best in community. Well, maybe not best, but at least in part in community. I've always been intrigued at Plymouth when we offer in our corporate worship moments of silence together. And sometimes that's maybe half a minute. Other times we've offered a longer time of silence within the prayers, perhaps, or as a preparation for prayer. There's so many people that comment to me about how how nourishing that is. Yeah. And and to be done in community. It's how I felt when we had the regular contemplative Tuesday morning uh, meditative sits. Uh, mm-hmm. for a long time before the pandemic, that there was something about being in silence with other people that was energy producing. Yeah. Not in a way to like rile one up, but there was just something really beautiful about the space that was being held together. Mm-hmm. And even that 20, 25 minutes in which we practiced quiet was rejuvenating. And for many in that experience, that was their Sabbath time. Because there is no right way to Sabbath. 
And there are books written on this, you know. Obviously, Scripture has a very specific mandate that, you know, on the seventh day, one will rest. And that's when, you know, and you do no work and you use nothing that would create other people to work, which is really really difficult in our society, right? That, yeah. that that understanding of Sabbath is really hard. But I certainly know people who, you know, don't go on the computer or their phones one day a week. Um, that is their Sabbath. I know other people who practice Sabbath by taking 30 minutes a day or an hour a day for their time and space, whatever it, their practices that feeds them. Again, there's no right or wrong way to Sabbath. It's just about how do you how do you create the space to rest so that we might feel a little fuller and centered and focused for the great number of tasks and work and community that beckons us. You had a few months right? Of 12 weeks. 12 weeks of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. At the end of that time, I'm curious about, about that, that lightness. Mm. And I'm interested in, in, you know, if you can name things that were kind of unblocked or, mm. or that differences that you could sense in, in, your being and your in your way of being in the world. How had things changed by the end of it? Mm, that's a great question. So the there were many gifts for me during my sabbatical, but the ones that sort of stand out were the opportunities to build deeper connection and relationship with people I love. And it was very clear to me before my sabbatical that I I was I was giving up that sort of nurturing time with people. That, mm. that what was because my schedule was so full, what was what was sort of being missed was opportunities to nurture friendships and relationships and to connect with my family. And so that was a huge intention during my sabbatical. And it looked a lot of different ways. And I could tell that it was really having an impact on my spirit. And so uh, coming back, you know, from sabbatical, I have, again, that same resolve, like the continuing need to reach out and connect. And and that looks a lot of different ways. But that, you know, my community is in the friends and family that I have. um, And that community is really important to me. Yeah. I had a lot of people say to me when I returned that I looked refreshed. I look I makes me wonder what I looked like before I left on sabbatical, <laughs> but I, I appreciated that. Uh, obviously this the time and space away was was an important time to kind of regroup, develop some healthier practices, again not be so married to a schedule that sometimes is relentless and I remember driving in on my first day back and thinking, was I really ready to return? And then sort of feeling some overwhelming joy as I walked through the familiar halls and in my office and saw people I 
worked with that I missed. And then that just moved through the week into to, to Sunday. Because, you know, for me, it is all about relationship and the significance of relationship here in this place, in Plymouth's community. Uh, it's transformative. And, and I embraced that while I was away. I felt very held by this community while I was not here. And also very affirmed upon my return, and that that's a big lift in spirit as well. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And now we were, we're launching into Advent season. Mm. And it seems like there's, over the next several months, we're, we're entering a time in the church year that encourages thinking about Sabbath and there mm -hmm. are lots of opportunities for for connecting with kind of cyclical traditions that encourage deeper thinking about about these these ways of being mm. waiting and yeah really I mean I think of Lent as a, a time that is just right there to be thinking about these things absolutely it is the gift of the rhythm of the church here. Yeah. One of many, I think, to beckon us into something new and different. And even though the seasons don't change year to year, the revelations within those seasons, those church seasons, can be very different depending on how we approach them. So I love our Advent <clears throat> preaching series about waiting and wonder and using those touchstones of the season, hope, peace, joy, love, to kind of see what bubbles up for us. And then we move into the season of Epiphany, which is, is my favorite church season because it's, it's about light and carrying Christ's light into the world and, and how that manifests itself. And that's, that, that may sound really active to people, but I think we can do that quietly and gently while also filling ourselves up to do that too. And then you're right. Then we move into Lent, which to me is, is also a gift of sort of deeper connection with the divine, a, an in intention of, of really wondering what discipleship looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, we who claim to be Christians and followers of Jesus, what does that look like before we celebrate, you know, the high holy day of Easter and the Easter season and move back into ordinary time. The cyclical calendar of the of the church year lifts up all kinds of opportunities to explore Sabbath and spirit and what it means to simply be, to be present to the divine. Have you found anything that's particularly uh, successful for you in holding on to a sense of Sabbath since being back? Mm, that is a great question. And I would say that I'm kind of in a seeking mode. Part of that is because I have been in the depths of moving. Yeah. And I'm, I sold my home of 18 years, and that was its own sort of process of letting go and surrender. And I'm living somewhere temporarily the practice that has fed me most around Sabbath is is what I would call a walking prayer. I walk and I pray. Advent to me has been the time to really lift that up because I enjoy walking at night. And 
It was also a practice that I enjoyed with my beloved dog who died about a year ago. So all of those have sort of put some roadblocks in my path for finding the practice that really feeds me. So I'm in an exploratory mode, I would say. And I think that's important too. I think we can become dependent on a practice that begins to feel rote Mm-hmm. instead of uplifting or unveiling. And then it may be time to shift and, and find something new. So I'm sort of dabbling in all kinds of things right now and and trust that with continued intention and practice, I will find something that that I can, that feels more like a commitment longer term. Yeah. Right now I'm kind of enjoying a sampler package. <laughs> <laughs> and I love learning from others. I mean, I love to hear what what really feeds and motivates people. Um how how people are experiencing Sabbath and Sabbath practices. So always up for a conversation about that. Amid our busy world, And in particular in this Advent season, with its ritualistic waiting for the coming of a redeeming light of love into the world, what does Sabbath mean to you? Do you have regular Sabbath practices? As we end 2022, we at Plymouth offer you prayers for peace, hope, joy, and love. We're grateful for your presence in this digital outpost of our shared community. Thanks, as always, to Jimmy Hulse for our theme and to Max Brunel for additional music. Email us anytime with your thoughts or feedback. You can reach us at meaning at Plymouth.org. Meaning is a ministry of Plymouth Congregational Church of Minneapolis.